0: Welcome to All Vampires Are Gay, a serialized narrative podcast created by Corvin Rosewood. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all major podcasting platforms. If you like the show, please consider supporting our work. All Vampires Are Gay is made possible because of listeners like you. You can help out by becoming a patron, shopping our merch, and of course, telling your friends about the show. You can find all the ways to support us and more at our website corbanrosewood.com Now on with the show
1: Season 2, Episode 5, The Dagger. Welcome. I'm Corbin Rosewood, and tonight we return to a tense scene at Highgate Cemetery. Robert and Jin are doing a magic spell to free the dagger. Victor is waiting, and Samson? Well, I guess we'll see. Scene. Highgate Cemetery. Victor felt a panic grip his heart. He wanted more than anything to run up the stairs and check on his friend, but he also knew that's exactly what the enemy wanted him to do. No matter who was up there, he needed to be more prepared. He needed an advantage. He needed the dagger. So he waited and watched as Jin and Robert continued their incantation and the light grew brighter and stronger. His heart was beating fast as his eyes flicked to Samson's crossbow on the floor and he felt a lump in his throat. The magic was flowing quickly now in ribbons of bright white light from Jin and Robert's clasped hands into the locket and through the window of the tomb. Glowing white lights snaked across the glass like liquid lightning, sending little sparks of light out into the dark room. It was stunningly beautiful and normally Victor would have been awed by the sight of the magic ritual, but at this moment his eyes were focused only on the dagger and helping Samson. The light grew brighter and stronger until it was just a little too bright to look at, and finally there was an awful shattering sound. The glass exploded in all directions. Jin and Robert yelped in surprise and ducked as the glass fell around them. Victor didn't even notice He just saw his pathway to the dagger, and he took it, leaping over the stone casket in one giant supernatural jump and landing in front of the case. Victor, no, Jin screamed. The alarm, Mrs. Whittaker. But her screams fell on deaf ears. Victor was not the type for cautiousness, particularly when one of the few people he cared about was in danger. He grabbed the dagger quickly, And immediately, the horrible screeching of the magic alarms began. It was ear-splitting, like a thousand banshees descending on him. He looked around the room with wild eyes, but when he saw it was only a sound, he proceeded to dash up the stairs, taking them two at a time. When he got to the top, the sound was less loud, but he saw briefly over the walls of Highgate there were lights going on in the apartments across the street. Mrs. Whittaker's witches were waking up. But he only spent a moment thinking about that threat. That was a problem for later. Right now, he had much more pressing issues. Lirin, natural. Lirin was there with his long blonde hair, looking as pale as the moonlight, and his chiseled cheekbones cutting through the night. But there was something different about him now a dark scar across his face where Victor had cut him with his necklace in their fight at Pendragon. Interesting. But Victor barely looked at Lyrin. He was far more interested in the terrifying monstrosities standing behind him. Lyrin had brought the Chevaliers. When a vampire doesn't feed on human blood, they don't die, you see. They just become different. Less human, more monster. Skin melting away, leaving bones visible. But they aren't human bones anymore. They are large and strange, like a wild animal. The bodies grow and morph shape into something giant and grotesque. Eyes are glowing sockets of light, and they are covered in blood, dirt, moss, and forest. These are the Chevaliers now. Once men, turned powerful and evil vampires, and now become wild, feral creatures of bloodlust and madness. Victor had seen vampires in this state before, but he hadn't anticipated just how far gone the Chevaliers would be. They didn't even resemble humans anymore. All the more so, because they were wearing the glowing green amulets. The monsters were being controlled by a very tired-looking young witch standing nearby. So, Laren had three giant feral monsters entirely under his control, and Victor had a dagger. He didn't like those odds, but it wasn't like he had any choice. Poor Victor, all alone with a little knife, Lirin said with a sneer. Not any knife. You know what this does, Victor said, twirling the glittering dagger around in his hands, making sure Lirin saw the blade clearly. He wasn't sure if this dagger could really do what the book said, but if he could convince Lirin it was dangerous, he might have a chance. He glanced away from Lirin and his monsters for a moment, scanning the area for Samson. He found them lying by the top of the stairs, blood pouring out of their chest, a large gash cutting through their clothing where one of the Chevaliers had torn into them. Victor felt a lump in his throat and his pulse quickened. Just then, Jin and Robert were emerging from the tomb and rushing over to help Samson. Mm, such a shame, Liren said, pulling Victor's attention away. Your irritating friend put three arrows in my monsters. Naturally, I couldn't just let that go. But still, I hope we can make a deal. Let's be civilized, shall we? Civilized, Victor said, eyes flashing red with anger. Look what you did to them, and you want me to be civilized? What do you even want, Liren? You know what I want, Liren said waving a hand to his witch to move the Chevaliers towards Victor's friends. The green amulets the monsters wore glowed brighter, and they moved quickly into formation, letting Victor know they were surrounded. "'I really don't know what you want,' Victor replied. "'Why don't you tell me?' "'I want the dagger, obviously,' Liren said. "'And Robert.' "'Robert?' Victor said, confused. Are you really still grumpy because he switched sides? I want Robert and the dagger, Liren said, dodging Victor's question. In exchange, you and your friends can go free. I promise not to chase you, and I'll even give you protection from Mrs. Whittaker so your witch friend has time to heal Samson before they bleed to death. Rather a good deal, don't you think? Why do you want Robert? Victor repeated, still utterly confused by Liren's request. Oh, Victor, you know I'm not going to tell you. Can't you just make the deal and move on? He betrayed you after all, didn't he? Victor glanced to Robert, who was barely paying attention to their conversation. He was focused on helping Jin find healing salves for Samson. Victor calculated his moves, and his opponent. There was no way he was letting Liren have Robert, or the dagger, but they were severely outnumbered. He had hoped he could free the Chevaliers and they would turn on Liren. He figured they would be angry to have been held captive by the green amulets. Looking at them now, he wasn't so sure they would be human enough for that. They didn't look like they felt anything at all. But he had to try. No, Victor said. No deal, Lirin. Fine, then I'll just have to take him myself, Lirin replied. Over my dead body, Victor said, positioning himself between Lirin and his friends. That can be arranged, Lirin replied. Before he could say anything else, Victor made the move he'd been planning, leaping through the air and grabbing for one of the monsters. He leapt on top of it and clung onto its strange, gnarled body as it whipped around, roaring in frustration and trying to throw him off. He dug his hands into what once must have been its shoulder blade and pulled the dagger up and under the glowing amulet, dragging the blade across the necklace to cut it from its neck and free the creature. But it didn't. The blade didn't cut through, It didn't cut through magic, or break the chain, or anything. In fact, the necklace seemed to flare and glow brighter after the blade had touched it. The chevalier threw Victor off, hurling him across the graveyard, where he landed with a thump on the ground near his friends. "'Victor! Victor!' Jin said, holding up the small book from the tomb. "'It's not the right dagger!' Victor groaned as he staggered to standing again and said, Yeah, I figured that out for myself. I'm so sorry, Jin said, looking up at him anxiously. How's Samson? he asked. They'll make it, but they're not doing well. I could really use like ten more minutes of healing work, she said. Got it, Victor replied, nodding. I'll draw Lirin off. But Mrs. Whittaker, Jin said. But Victor was already running headlong towards Liren to punch him in the face. Bandages, Jin said sternly. Robert quickly began searching the duffel bags until he found some and handed them to her, all the while looking anxiously at the chevaliers surrounding them are they just standing there? He asked. I don't know, but I'm not complaining, Jin said, as she wound the bandages tightly around Samson's ribs. Get me the little bundle of herbs with the white string. Victor had successfully trash-talked Liren into one-on-one combat, but not before Liren had instructed the witch to keep Robert and Jin hostage with the Chevaliers. Currently, The two of them were desperately trying to revive Samson before the fight was over. The Chevaliers loomed over them with their glowing eyes and grotesquely shaped bodies, sending waves of fear through Robert. He glanced up at them and shuddered. He handed Jin the herb she needed. While she was lighting up the little bundle and pressing it into Samson's bandaged wounds, he stole a glance at the witch. He realized with a jolt that he knew her her name was Cassandra she was a college student who had worked with his sister she used to help her make salves and bundle sage for her witch business before she met Liren he gasped when he saw the state she was in Cassandra had once been vibrant and beautiful now she looked sickly and barely alive her eyes were deeply sunken and bloodshot her skin in ashy gray with bruises everywhere, her bones visible along her collarbone. She wore a glamorous witchy dress and her hair was long and red. But if you looked a little closer, you saw that there was something seriously wrong with her. She looked tired, like she could barely stand. Robert didn't understand why she was so sick, but he did know an opportunity when he saw one gold box shaped like a hexagon um, with a green gem in the lid, Jin ordered. He rummaged through her bags and handed her the box, then whispered, have you noticed that witch looks a little off? I haven't noticed anything. I'm trying to save my friend, Jin snapped. So am I, Robert said. I'm trying to think strategically. Jin began sprinkling Samson with a pink powder from the little box and rubbing it into their skin. Help me with this incantation, she said, grabbing Robert's hand. Robert did as he was told and began to say the spell with Jin. He instantly felt the magic rising between them again, like it had in the tomb. The little ribbons of light curling around his hands and sending tingles of electricity up his spine. Hey, Cassandra yelled, shaking her head. No spells, you two, just the healing salves. But we need to activate the healing powder, Jin said. Cassandra shook her head. I said no spells. To emphasize her point, she whispered into her crystal, and one of the Chevaliers moved a little closer until it was towering over them. It bent its head down until its creepy, glowing eyes were inches away from Jin's face. Jin nearly jumped out of her skin with fear. Okay, okay, I'm sorry, she said meekly, turning her head down and looking through her bags again. Cassandra nodded, and the Chevalier stood back up again. Jin pulled out a small embroidered pouch and began sticking large palm leaves onto Samson's chest. She does look a little off. What were you thinking? She asked Robert in a tiny whisper. He smiled and opened the duffel bag a little wider so only she could see the jewel casket. Koy, Victor. What did you do to me? Liren asked. I'm not being coy. As usual, I have no idea what you're talking about, Victor said, leaping across a grave and climbing onto the marble top of a mausoleum. He had been dancing through the graves with Liren for a few minutes now, making sure to give Jin time to heal Samson. He didn't exactly know what their plan was now that the dagger had failed, but that wasn't Victor's area of expertise. Samson was the person to help them plan a way out of this mess. Planning was what they did best, and right now, they were an unconscious bloody mess. So Victor was going to indulge Liren's madness for as long as he could. This, Liren said, pointing dramatically at the scar slashing across his cheek. You did this with my old necklace somehow. What was it? Why can't I get rid of it? I've tried every kind of magic. It keeps getting worse. Victor peered the slash across Liren's face, and it was indeed looking bad. It was dark black, purplish, and oozing a little bit. It didn't suit Liren's suave aesthetic at all. I have no idea, Victor said, leaping off the mausoleum roof and trying tackling Liren to the ground. Liren pushed him off with a roar and dashed away down the paved part of the graveyard, past all the old Victorian tombs. Why did you do it? Why did you cut me with that old necklace? He called out as he ran. Victor pushed to keep up with Liren's speed, jutting ahead of him and surprising him from around a corner. "'I told you, I don't know,' he said, grabbing Liren by his shirt. "'But let's try it again.' He pulled Liren close and slashed him with the necklace, cutting an X across his heart. The necklace seared away the fabric of his blouse like fire, and just like last time, it cut a deep gash into Liren's skin. He screamed in agony as the small star necklace seared him like a burning blade. "'Stop!' He shouted, What are you doing? Victor pulled him closer, holding the necklace close to his neck. Tell me why you want Robert, he said through gritted teeth. I don't know why this necklace does this to you, but you can fucking believe I will use it to make you bleed until you tell me why you want my boyfriend. Liren smiled, a look of pure evil, and Victor knew he'd messed up. But it was too late Liren was already driving the knife into his gut. The pain seared through him as the blade went deep. Surely it was also coated with some kind of poison. The pain was shocking, and Victor pulled away from Liren to look at his wound. Liren seized the moment of Victor's distraction to dance a few paces backward. Victor looked up and saw that Liren was pulling something out of his pocket potion bottle that glowed with a bright green liquid. Liren met his eyes and said with a sinister smile, oh go on Victor, run. Victor barely had time to register what was happening before the magical bomb was in the air and headed towards him. He turned and ran, the wound in his stomach pouring blood and slowing his pace. He couldn't focus in order to run supernaturally so he didn't get far before he heard the crash of the glass bottle on the ground and felt the white hot heat hit his back. Within seconds, sparks of green flame clouded his vision and the explosion sent him flying through the sky. Robert whispered, horrified as he watched the small green explosion and saw Victor's body soar through the air and land with a horrible thump on the grass in the distance. Jin, please! We have to do something! Jin looked up at the monsters surrounding them nervously and nodded her agreement. She was terrified to take on the Chevaliers, but Robert was right. They needed to do something. Samson hadn't woken up yet and they were out of ideas, so she had agreed to the plan. Robert would distract Cassandra while she activated the jewel casket and crossed her fingers that the ghost it brought wasn't worse than the Chevalier's. She looked up for a moment and saw lights going on in windows and car headlights and remembered the terrifying truth that Mrs. Whittaker would be here any moment, but she couldn't think about that now. I'm ready, she whispered, Sliding her hand into the bag and resting it on the cold metal box. Hey, aren't you Cassandra? Didn't you used to work for my sister? Robert said, striking up a conversation to grab her attention away from Jin. I worked with her, not for her, Cassandra said stiffly. Oh, I see. My bad. Did you get into witchcraft with her? Robert asked. Jin stopped listening to them and focused on her task. She fiddled with the box, her hands sweaty and nervous, glancing again to make sure Samson wasn't awake. Their eyes were closed, but they were breathing steadier now. She guessed they would be back very soon. She twisted the box around in her hand. Then after a quick glance to see Cassandra wasn't looking, she turned around to look inside the bag. The box had a row of little gemstones inset into it, gleaming in the moonlight. She gulped and realized she couldn't remember how to set it off. What had Samson said to do? Push them or break them? Was there a spell? She hadn't thought she would ever be the one doing this. With shaking hands, she decided to press them. She pushed hard on the little jewels, trying to activate them like buttons, but they didn't budge at all. Break them? Maybe. She reached around carefully in the bag, she found something small in metal she could use to break the gems. She tapped at one gently, but it didn't do anything except make a sound which caused one of the Chevaliers to look at her with their strange glowing eyes, drooping their head in her direction. She looked up at it nervously and tried to will herself to focus on her trembling fingers. How could she even break this? She kept feeling around in the bag to find something that might help and then her hand bumped a little round glass bottle. She smiled as she realized she wouldn't need the jewel casket at all. She'd spent the last few days so completely stressed out about coming to Highgate that she had, naturally, overprepared. One of the things she had done was pack absolutely everything she could think of that might be helpful in a dangerous magical situation. She'd brought so many things, in fact, that she'd completely forgotten that she already had the perfect thing for this one. Two little bottles of magical fog potion. Sometimes being overprepared didn't work in Jin's favor. Like when she brought so many books on her trip to Iceland that her luggage broke and spilled them all over the airport. But tonight was not one of those times. She quickly whipped out the little round orbs, one in each hand, and before Cassandra even knew what was happening, she had slammed them onto a gravestone nearby. The bottles broke with a loud shattering sound, and the fog flooded out from them, curling itself around the graves and the trees and the plants, quickly shrouding everything in its haze. "'Run before you can't find him anymore!' she said to Robert, pushing him to stand up. "'I'll stay with Samson!' Robert didn't need to be told twice. He leapt to his feet and ran headlong at Cassandra, knocking her to the ground. It wasn't hard to push her over considering her condition. He almost felt bad for hurting her, but then he looked over his shoulder at the Chevaliers and stopped worrying. He ran through the fog pouring out from Gin's bottles, which was spreading rapidly across the ground and through the air filling it with smoke that stung his eyes and burned his throat. But he wasn't stopping till he got to Victor. He tried to remember what Victor had taught him, putting everything out of his mind except his legs, his muscles, willing them to carry him across the ground faster than they ever had before. And they did. Maybe not as fast as Victor could have run, but fast enough to beat the fog and reach Victor's side before Lirin. "'Are you okay?' he asked, crouching down beside him. Uh, "'Uh, uh, Victor moaned. He was barely conscious, bleeding from his stomach and wherever else he'd hit when he landed. The ground around him was scorched, and a few little green sparks lingered on the grass. Robert heard Liren's footsteps coming through the fog, and he saw the enchanted dagger lying on the grass next to Victor.' He knew what to do. He quickly squeezed Victor's arm and then stood up, grabbing the dagger as he did so. He turned around just as Lyran came striding out of the fog, his shirt cut open and chest bleeding dark and black where Victor had cut him. Well, well, if it isn't Robert, come to be the hero, have we? Robert's hand was shaking as he held the knife forward, his heart beating fast. Don't, don't come any closer. I'll stab you. Liren laughed. You can barely even hold that thing. You really think you could kill me with it? I'd love to see you try. I'll do it, Robert warned. He gripped the dagger tighter, his knuckles turning white. He wasn't sure he really could, but he felt wilder than he ever had. Adrenaline and terror was coursing through him, and the strange fog was clouding his thoughts. Come on, don't be silly. What was it Violet called you? Her loser little brother? You're far too sweet and naive, Robert. That's why you fell for a screw-up like Victor. You can't protect him or anyone. You need protecting, Robert. You need help. You need someone like me. Someone to keep you safe. What I need is for you to leave us alone, Robert said, his voice shaking. Don't come any closer, or I'll, I'll do it. You'll stab me, Liren said with another laugh. <laughs> Please, I'm tired of this game. Liren darted forward suddenly, reaching Robert in seconds, ready to overpower him and knock him to the ground. But somehow, to both of their surprise, Robert didn't fall back or cower in fear. Instead, he did exactly what he said he would. He stabbed Liren, right in the heart, in the exact same place Victor had cut with his necklace. Liren stopped moving like he was frozen, his eyes wide and shocked. He looked down at the glittering magical dagger protruding from his chest, its bejeweled handle shining in the moonlight. You stabbed me, he said, completely stunned. Robert didn't know what to say or do. He just watched, his eyes wide, looking at his own hands in shock. Then he heard the screaming. The scream was so loud and painful, he would never forget it for the rest of his life. But it wasn't from Liren, it was coming from behind him. He whipped his head around to see Victor, screaming in agony. He was surrounded by a silvery light and there was a glowing string of magic connecting him to the blade and Liren's heart. Victor was screaming and writhing in pain. Then he began to float up into the air, his body rising into the sky. What are you doing to him? Robert yelled, turning back to Liren. But Liren was just as surprised as Robert, looking at Victor and then down at himself and the knife. You stabbed me, he said again, still shocked. But it doesn't hurt. Then the dagger flew out of Liren's chest and landed on the ground. Liren looked down and saw his chest was no longer bleeding and his heart was beating as normal. Liren and Robert's eyes met, and they shared a moment of horror and confusion. But somehow, Robert had enough wits to realize he had to grab the knife before Liren could. He leapt forward and reached for the blade. As soon as his hand touched the dagger, Victor's screaming stopped, and he floated back down to earth, landing on the grass below. He wasn't screaming anymore, but he wasn't moving either. His skin was pale white and his body was stiff. Robert ran to him, horrified. Victor, he screamed. He reached him and looked down at him, his body completely still, the necklace around his neck glowing as bright as any star in the sky. Robert reached out to hold him, but when his fingers touched Victor's skin, it was ice cold, colder than anything he had ever felt before. And he yelped in pain and drew his hand back. He turned around to see if Lyra knew what was happening, but he was already running away, his bright blonde hair barely visible through the fog. any cats? Samson asked sleepily. Or oranges? Jin turned away from the sounds of Victor screaming in the distance to see Samson slowly pushing up onto their elbows, wincing in pain. What are you talking about? Jin asked. Oh, I don't know, Samson admitted. They looked around briefly and jumped a little. "'at the sight of the Chevaliers. "'Um, there's some monster things over there,' they whispered. "'It's fine. Their witch is knocked out,' Jin said. "'They can't do anything without her. I checked. "'Are you okay?' "'Sure. Maybe. I don't know. "'What's going on?' Samson asked. "'Where are we?' "'Highgate Cemetery, don't you remember?' Jin said. Oh, yeah. I did the thing with the cameras. That was cool. Jin nodded. Yes, and then we got the dagger and the Chevaliers attacked you. Got the dagger? Samson said, their face brightening in a smile. Yes, but it was the wrong dagger, Jin said, frowning. She held up the little book that had been in the tomb with the dagger. There are three enchanted daggers, actually, and this is not the one that cuts through magic. Oh, Samson said, pouting. Well, I'm sure you can get another dagger. I have lots. They patted Jin's hand comfortingly. She sighed, realizing that one of the many things she had applied to Samson to heal them must have made them a little bit tipsy. So much for getting their help with a rescue. All right, time to get up, she said, pulling Samson up and putting their arm around her shoulder. I don't know what's happening with Robert and Victor. We all have to get out of here. Mrs. Whitaker is coming. Mrs. Whitaker is coming, Samson said, eyes wide. Oh, no, she's really scary. Yes, she is. So let's go. Mrs. Whitaker is coming, and I don't want her to see us here. I'm afraid it's too late, my dear, said a firm and crackling voice from the smoke. Jin looked up in horror as she saw a dozen dark cloaked shapes materialize out of the fog. At their front was a stern and powerful woman with bright eyes and gray hair pulled back in a severe bun, small black lens glasses on her sharp nose. She wore a simple black dress and a long velvet cloak held in place with a silver butterfly brooch. I'm already here, Mrs. Whitaker said. And so we leave Highgate Cemetery with a very strange series of events, and Mrs. Whitaker now taking control of our vampires and the mysterious knife. Not to mention poor Victor, who is cold. Oh, so very cold.
0: You've been listening to All Vampires Are Gay. This episode was created, written, and performed by Corwin Rosewood. Produced and composed by Parker Frost. With additional production, mixing, editing, and engineering by the team at Studio Corwin. If you enjoyed this episode, consider supporting our show today so we can make more episodes in the future. You can find all the ways to support us at corwinrosewood.com. Thank you for listening.